Good afternoon and welcome to NUFC Manners with me, Steve Wraith. Sorry I'm late, or sorry I'm early. I don't know which one I'm apologising for. Uh, definitely late because we said three o'clock, but definitely early because it's normally six o'clock. And uh, I was just filling the lads in on Coronation Street, actually, in the big sinkhole uh, drama. <laughs> oh, Holly, uh, from last night's show, was looking forward to watching it. We had a right laugh last night. <laughs> I'm trying to persuade Holly to watch Coronation Street. And she wasn't having any of it, lads. But uh, there's a lot more drama going on at St. James's Park, John, at this moment in time. Yeah. Takeovers, managers getting sacked and potential managerial appointments and uh, what a what a week that was the week that was John oh in quite incredible um we all knew that it would happen Steve we uh, but it was just going to be when um and I felt that everybody got the message against Spurs that it had to happen now because uh, inevitably the first day was going to go terrific we got off to a Great start, goal in two minutes. But what soured it eventually was the fact that this guy was still there on the touchline, which was a red rag to a bull to the punters. It didn't work. We got the usual result. And really, he needed to be put out his misery. It had got to the situation where not only was it unfair on the players, unfair on the crowd, definitely, but it had become unfair on Steve Bruce because it was untenable. It wasn't working. Uh, he, he just had to be put out of his misery, and so did we. And it's happened. And thank goodness it has, because it means one major chapter uh, of the Newcastle United saga is over. Ashley's gone. Bruce has gone. Now yeah. the fans can, John, can become united again. John, I wish somebody would uh, put me into misery with eight million quid. Oh, it's a wonderful way of going into misery, <laughs> isn't it? Um, uh, we, we talked, was it last week or the week before, Malcolm, about this incredible, or I did, this incredible merry-go-round where you can, once you get your foot on the, on the, on the step uh, and you're a manager, you can just keep failing and picking up huge, huge payoffs, and then emerge within six months with another job, and everything's everything's uh, wonderful. Um, I found it extraordinary. Oh, absolutely absurd! But hey, that's the way of the football world. From our point of view, the decks have been cleared. The major curl has happened. Ashley's gone, and um, Steve Bush has gone. Other people as a consequence, will go in an automatic knock-on effect, mm. whether that's Lee Charnley, whether it's Steve Agnew, whether it's Steve Clemens. That will all happen because it's inevitable once you take the first two bricks away that the rest of the wall will collapse. So that is a major, major step forward. But of course, as I always say, it's easier, guys, to take a big, a big sledgehammer and knock a wall down, which is what we've done with Ashley and Bruce, it's sometimes a little more difficult to build a new wall. And that's the bit that's important now, is the new manager and new players coming in in January. Because without a new manager and without new players, and by Jove, wasn't that rammed home to us against Spurs, even the feel-good factor couldn't stop three goals in by half-time. We need new players and we need a new manager. Mm. But at least it's a step in the right direction. But the major rebuilding, is the demolition's finished, the rebuilding's got to start. Yeah, Dave asks me, uh, what do I think of Newcastle putting out the training video yesterday? It's nice to see them training. Uh, two days off after a defeat. What the hell's going on under Bruce? I mean, that's half the problem. No wonder players are gassing in the last 20 minutes. We're having more days off than we have training at uh, Newcastle. Hopefully that'll change under the new manager. Sid Stobart on Twitter asked a question earlier this morning. I promised him I would ask it, Malcolm. And it was a simple one. Can you ask Malcolm what his thoughts were when he met the new owners at the weekend? Of course... John and I were uh, uh, not privy to this meeting, uh, but you were. What was it like? How did you find them? Um, incredibly friendly. Um, and I think there was an excitement in inside of them about the whole situation. Um, they were they had a full house and they 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 couldn't wait to get out. <coughs> excuse me, to be with the fans. 
um, there was there was such a lovely atmosphere in the chairman's suite, a really good atmosphere. I haven't known that for a very long time. I really haven't. And uh, and everybody was, was was just chatting and buzzing and uh, and all so friendly. Uh, and it was it was a lovely it, it was a lovely way um, just to just to see uh, um, how these new people um, would be. And, uh, and I have no doubts whatsoever that all they want is purely and simply for Newcastle United to be as successful as possible. That came over very powerfully to me, um, that, that, that there were no... Um, there were other, other uh, routes... Um, like Ashley took, you know, where he, Newcastle United was was just a feeder um, to take Sports Direct where he wanted it to go, from national to global. And Newcastle United, they did it very well, but at a serious cost. Um, and everybody, I felt, wanted the very best for Newcastle United. What a change! What a change after after um, the, after all these years of of Sports Direct taking centre stage at St James Park. Yeah, amazing, really, to hear that. I mean, you were you were very impressed. You said to me because we do the the pre match and the after match mm. at the Dog and Parrot. Uh, uh, we you know we do fifteen minutes in there uh, both uh, before and after the game. And, and you said to me you were very impressed with the Saudi chairman. I mean, he he seemed to spend a lot of time talking to you, Malcolm. Yeah, um, oh, I'll try and get his name right. Rumiraya. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, he he came, talked to everybody wanted to know all about us um, and I would and, and uh, I was with Rob Lee um, and uh, he, he was hugely welcoming um, to us all and and it was uh, tell, tell us about uh, about the club the supporters the area the town and 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 so we related it as we saw it as as once upon a time, um, players amongst it all, um, uh, and uh, and you could tell that they were they were they were just soaking everything in, all the information, and that they will use it to the good of the club. Of that, I am absolutely convinced, um, and that they want to bring success. It won't come in a bums rush, that's for sure. But they want to bring success to Tyneside, and uh, I'm looking forward to the to the journey and the ride. I have to say, uh, it's going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be something very special. It's not. It's not going to come in a rush, but it's going to be a very interesting next couple of decades. It is. John, the uh, coverage of Steve Bruce's departure, um, obviously we always hear both sides. I thought the Newcastle United uh, statement was very dignified. I thought uh, mm, Steve Bruce certainly had another swipe, John, um, before he left. And he was pointing towards the treatment that he's received from supporters. Now, I found this really, really strange because he now says that he probably won't take another job in football. Um, because of the effect it had on him and had effect on the effect it had on his family. Um, I remember Alan Pardew at, at Newcastle United. He had bedsheets, banners, flyers, an entire campaign launched against him. Pardew out. We finished fifth under Pardew. Um, Steve Bruce had a season and a half, more or less, with no fans in the ground. And he's not on social media. I'd love to know what he's going on about, John. Well, this is, first and foremost, this is the perception, isn't it, of anybody that's living south of Middlesbrough, uh, whether they're pundits or whether they're the media or whatever. It is, I mean, what I found quite startling is one of the papers I read and people I read, if you looked at the Daily Mail this morning, 
you had Craig Hope on a double page spread mm. telling it the way it is as mm. a Northeast lad, a Geordie fan who's lived through it all every day, the same as I've done media wise, the same as you two guys have done from your levels. Um, and I thought and, it was a brilliantly, um, yeah, Craig, uh, Craig Hope did please, it. I really did. Did it the way he saw it and the way it was. Now, Tell next exactly to it, down the right-hand side, next to it, down the right-hand mm -hmm. side, mm -hmm. was the male's number one national reporter. Martin Samuels. Martin Samuels, who is excellent when doing England and has won several mm -hmm. awards. But he's looking at it from a huge distance. He sees Steve Bruce the way so many do, which is this wonderful, affable, amiable Geordie who has got dirtied on by his own folk. Indeed, this is the saddest day that it has been because Bruce has been peddled. And Craig Hope, alongside him, on literally the same double-page spread, tells the exact opposite story. And I think that's the way the country looks at the situation. Steve Bruce has been very clever at making things appear throughout his reign that it's Geordie's turning and eating their own. Yeah. And there's this wonderful lad has been badly done to. But as you've said, uh, Steve, if you look at things that have happened to him, to, to Pardew, if you look at things that have happened with other managers elsewhere in the country, um, what has been endured by Steve Bruce it is nothing out of the ordinary for this day of social media, for this day of every bit of baggage that goes with life today in any walks of life, not just football. But Steve Bruce has never helped himself from day one of, of coming here. I mean, his tactics, does he play four at the back? Does he play five at the back? Does he change it uh, regularly because neither is working? He talked about balance. He was here for two and a bit seasons when the team was no nearer having the correct balance that he kept on about. He played player after player after player out of position, out of position. and expected square mm -hmm. pegs to fit into round holes. He got into rows with players. There's Matt Ritchie. The row with Matt Ritchie. He he completely obliterated and ignored players for long periods, like the two long staffs, like Dwight Gale, like Lewis, who he signed. We he signed Lewis because we had a problem at left back. He signs Lewis. Lewis shows that he can't defend well, and we've still got a problem at left back. But Lewis can't yeah. get a start. Now that's either money absolutely misspent. Or the manager is not. Has any player we've had improved under the coaching of the Newcastle regime in the last two and a half years? And I don't think they've coached Callum Wilson in how to score goals. And I don't think they've coached the Saint on doing things off the cuff that surprises people. That was there. Yeah. But I have seen players go backwards, guys. I've seen a lot of Newcastle players mm. who aren't as good as they were originally. And certainly this defence, which has never been sound, but it's now let in 19 goals in eight Premier League goals games this season. And I watched them against Spurs again, and they let in three by half-time. Now, as long as that defence plays together... I'm, I can't see when Newcastle's next win comes until they get the mm -hmm. general and, and, and sign somebody. It is that bad. It is that porous. We can only hope that maybe with Steve Bruce not selecting and doing the tactics this week, that Jones, who's really a front foot coach, his best work is done in the attacking half of the field, but that somebody can organise this back four to get back to something like... These mm -hmm. are the that used to play under Rafa Benitez, who, who who could put up Hadrian's wall in front of a goalkeeper. These fellas played under Rafa Benitez, they, this back, these back guys. They're playing now in a way that if, if the word gates it, when I was at gates it, I would be looking to replace them. Yes. It is an embarrassment. But yeah. I, I, I think Steve Bush was the luckiest man in the world. He lasted here way longer than he ought to have done. He ought to have gone after Brighton last season. And as you said, Steve, he played here for so long with empty stadiums. And that's what kept him in a job, guys. Playing mm. 
get his yeah. results he did. He went on a run of about 22 games, wasn't it, with two victories? Yes. He did it because the stadium were empty. Yes, yeah. and also, and also um, John, that uh, that it, uh, uh, press conferences were at, at, at distance. Totally. And all journalists were only allowed to ask one question. So Steve Bruce couldn't be put to task in any way. So he, he was just getting away with whatever he wanted. Uh, uh, but also, if, if I can just go back to Saturday, um, Sunday. Uh, Sunday rather, um, uh, so uh, Callum Wilson, you can understand he's been out for a few weeks, that he's got to, a, a, to an hour almost, and, and he needed to come off. His fitness isn't quite yet for 90 minutes. Well, there's Dwight Gale sat there, so did he swap forward for forward? No. Newcastle United were 3-1 down, and when Callum Wilson went off, Newcastle United had to play without a forward. That is madness. Sheer madness for me. You, you're looking to get two goals back at least. Your goal scorer comes off. You've got another one on the bench. Maybe not as good, but he's a goal scorer. And he's not played. He's ignored yet again. And it happens over and over and over again with Gale. And I, and I, and I just thought, what, what is this guy trying to do? Is he looking to get sacked? Because you make decisions like that, and they are the kind of decisions that get you sacked. And, of course, we all, we're all aware of, of, of the big payoff. You know, so for me, it begs the question, because we, we can criticise all we want, but what I'm, I'm thinking to myself, well, was it a set plan on the part of Bruce? Pick fights with the players. Possibly, possibly. Don't play I, I think, Malcolm, that's going to be the biggest reveal this weekend. A, the formation and the players, the Graham Jones players. Yes. B, whether, and, and, and the two players, I'm really interested to see whether they have a, well, let's say three. Lewis, Dummett, Gale. Those three players, mm. interesting to see what part they play at the weekend. Because yes. Dummett's fit, he's training. Lewis has been fit. He's a left back, and um, Dwight Gale well, has been fit all the way through. Played against yeah. Norwich in a pre-season friendly. It was very competitive. I was there. Scored a brilliant yeah. goal. Never gets to look in, like you just said. Took Callum Wilson off. Never got brought on. So those yeah. three are really be interested to see what happens at the weekend. Right. If I can just go back to Steve Bruce. Um, just a just a a, a few stats. Um with regards to his management. And I'm not going into games won and games lost or anything like that. He is, he, to include Newcastle United, he's had 11 clubs to manage. 11 appointments. And he was six years at Birmingham. So let's take six from the 23 years that he's been managing. That leaves 17. So that's 10 appointments in 17 years. That works out at 1.7 years. Think about it. As a manager, he just lasts on an average one, 18 months. Yeah. 18 months. That's nothing for a manager, you know, that if he's if he's still leaving early, why is that happening? How is he still getting jobs when he has no longevity about him whatsoever? In 11 clubs, he's had one, just one club that he's that he's spent um, a few years at. And yet. And I think, well, what on earth is going on? You know, it, is is it me that's going mad, or is it, or is it uh, um, football in general when it comes to Steve Bruce that they that they keep employing him? Uh, and and you think, well, he's been managing for twenty three years. 
what is what has he actually brought to uh, um, to football in general? Not a lot. It, terrific as a player, but when it comes to management, no, I'm afraid not. And and the the way that uh, uh, stuff is now starting to come out of the dressing room, uh, I just shake my head and think, well. How is he surviving in the game for 23 years? And I, I again against Spurs, um, all the players came across, and there and there was, and there were the coaches all talking to the players, trying to get them up and buzzing and get and, and get back into the game. And Bruce is walking away. He's walking away, and he's sort of muttering to himself and he's uh, um, just carrying on. And, he, and somebody said, uh, when I mentioned that, they said, oh, yeah, but, but it, the coaches were talking. I said, as, as the manager, I would want to know what the coaches are saying to the players. Bruce wasn't interested, not interested in the slightest. And that is something that he did constantly over two years. That he, that he wouldn't take part. He just kept walking away, and now it's all starting to come out f from from the players. Um, and ah, uh, well, um, thank heavens he's gone. Is all I can say. Thank heavens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent agree. Uh, John, uh, interesting comment there from Mister Anderson. He he says. Uh, Question for you and Supermac. Maximum's box office when attacking, but would you say when we're defending as a team, he is slow on closing down, which causes gaps, or am I wrong? Well, yeah. I mean, I take where, where he comes from, uh, where the guy's coming from completely, especially in the modern-day game. But there are players, you know, who, because of what they give you offensively, you they get more mm. latitude than other players. If you've got a centre-forward that scores 30 goals a season, you're not too worried that he's marking up tight on corners against his team. If you've got somebody like some maximum that plays his way, then you, you, you've you got to encourage him to do work off the ball, but you've also got to give him a little bit of leeway because of what he gives you on the plus side. If you only think negatively all the time, what are we doing defensively? You'll wake up and there'll be 85 minutes gone and nobody's had a shot on goal. Uh, I mean, if you look at the way Ronaldo plays these days, not the way he played when he was at Manchester United the first time, because he was dynamic all over the park. But he is now a finisher. He plays between the posts and he plays for his goals. And he is not the quickest fellow closing down from the front yeah. in the way he Rush did. Not now, because he's conserving energy. But... Just last night or the night before, he won yet another match for them with his header in the 85th minute in the Champions League. Yes, you can accuse um, this guy of not being the best defensively, but you can also turn the same coin on its head and say that what Sir Maximum gives Newcastle offensively, nobody else in the team can. Because sure. you have that unpredictability. So there's got to be a plus against the minus. Yeah. The, the shame for St. Maximin is he goes on these mazy runs. But what he needs is he needs people in the box, uh, once he's done all that hard work, that he, that he can knock in. They're not there. They just, they're not there at all. And then when Wilson will, will, will seek to make that space, but when he came off, there was nobody in front of St. Maximin at all. So he's just got to go it alone. I mean, the oh, big thing that, that's, not a, that's no way to play the game of football. The big thing now, because we want to look at, at the future and forget as much as we can about Ashley and Bruce, because that's like, you know, you've, you've got a wart and uh, somebody cuts it off, but you want to put it in a bag and keep looking at it for the rest of the time. It's gone. It's yesterday's mm -hmm. news. Yeah. My concern now, guys, is that somehow we have got to keep this ship afloat until January the 1st. Yeah. Right? Because help is needed on the field big 
big, big time. And even when a manager comes in, he will be able to organise some of the minuses, like the leaking defence, to make it less porous. But at the same time, if we were forced to feel this side all season, we would go down. We've I, got to get new yeah. players. Yeah. We would go down if we've got to feel this side all season. Tactically, so it needs changing, John. Oh, it, it needs changing tactically and it needs changing in personnel. Yeah. There is a lot of players there that are a lot older than they were when they first came to Newcastle United. It's beginning to show in their legs. They're disorganised. They can't quite... They can see what they're supposed to do, but they can't do it because of age, because of whatever. I mean, yeah. basically... Our defence is the defence that Benitez used in the Championship to bring us up. Absolutely, it, it, yes. Playing now in the Premier League three years further down the line or something. Can we never made that point on Monday Night Football, John? You're right. Yes, we need new we need new players. But right. what we've got to do is keep in. We can't get new players right now. We've got to keep in touch with in with three points adrift now of fourth bottom. <laughs> And when you look at the fixtures coming up, if, if I could just mention, guys, that before the, the transfer window opens in January, after Palace, we've got 11 more games. In, that, mm -hmm. in those games, we play Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool, Man City and Man United. All very difficult. We play tricky games with Brighton, Brentford, Leicester, in Rafa's Everton. And we've got two games that are winnable to us, Norwich and Burnley. But you know what? They can terrify us because if we don't get six points out of Norwich and Burnley, yeah. we forget about survival. We and they're consecutive games, both at home, John. Correct. Absolutely. So mm. what we've got is one heck of a fixture list coming up. The, the great, the easier games were waste, and I was banging on about it at the time, and Newcastle fans could see it. It was just Newcastle United couldn't. Our easy fixture list we've had, and we, yeah. we didn't get one win out of it. Now, Crystal Palace are the exact opposite. Their fixture list until now is the sort of fixture list we've gone through. Every team they've played has been quality, and they're now running into their easy fixtures. We are running into our difficult ones. And that is why we needed to beat Spurs. And that's why, to be truthful, we need to beat Palace. Because do you fancy us at home to Chelsea the following game? <laughs> do you fancy us against Liverpool, Manchester City, and yes, even Manchester United? Do you fancy us to go down to Rafa's Everton when it's Rafa and, and beat them and beat Leicester and beat Brighton and Brentford? It, it, it's yeah. tough. It's tough. And both, both of those are going great guns. Well, and we've got to keep in touch, Mal. We're three yes. points off now. We've got to mm. keep in touch till January the 1st. And that's only at the earliest. We're not going to get six in on the first day. And, um, and if we're in the same position come the, the opening of the transfer window, who is going to want to come? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, so, in a way, we, we need a new manager in quick. To stop so that the players know they're playing for whoever this new guy is, and he might be able sure. to organize us to be more difficult to beat because at the moment we're the easy beats, yeah. well, beats right. whatever you want to call them. That's what we are. We need a new manager in so you know who you're working for. You're not working, you know, for a caretaker this week who mightn't be in charge next week. Etc. Etc. Get somebody in. They know they're stuck with him. Let him start organising it right from the back to the front. Because to be truthful, the back in the midfield is abysmal. Mm -hmm. We can yeah. see a little bit in the front if Wilson and Maximum stay fit, but the midfield in the back is abysmal. Yeah, yeah, I, John, I couldn't agree more. Um, just on the point of. of of a new manager coming in. I saw Fonseca uh, being pushed by by, uh, uh, um, by a listener and uh, by a viewer. And if you have a look at Fonseca's record, it's not good, not good at all, um, particularly when he, when he gets into the stronger leagues. He's, he's better in the, in the more uh, B leagues 
of, of world football. Um, but uh, with a premiership, mm -mm, wouldn't fancy him. How about Diego Simeone? I think he fancies a move. Okay, well, what about what about them, John? I mean, to him against Liverpool, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems as if we're down to a short list of Fonseca, um, Eddie Howe, and yeah. to be honest, Gerard, Gerard is getting a lot of uh, a lot of money put on him at the bookies as well at the moment. Oh yeah, but Rangers—they really don't want him to go. They're going to kick and scream and fight to keep him. Um, uh, Frank Lampard, I thought what he did at Chelsea was absolutely brilliant, uh, and he's and he set it up for Tuchel, who's hardly had to change a thing. You know, Frank Frank Lampard was so close to that whole thing, just really switching on at Chelsea, uh, and they got rid of him. And I, I think one of the problems, Mal, is that you, you're not often lucky enough, like Newcastle were um, at the beginning of the 90s, where you get a manager totally unproven, like Kevin Keegan, mm -hmm. who is right at all levels. He was right to keep us from going into third division. And yeah. he was equally right to take us to second top of the Premier League. He could do it at all stages. But when mm. you look at the situation now, you would think Newcastle will have two managers or three managers on this wonderful journey we hope we're about to go on. The first manager will be the one that's appointed now that will keep us up. Then, having kept us up, mm -hmm. will establish us and take us into midfield and just beyond. But the guy that then takes us constantly into the top four and into probably silverware, etc., will be the next guy because the guys that'll do yeah. that won't join us now. Sure, they won't join us when we're in the the bottom three. Absolutely right, us. John. Mm. They'll join us when we're mid table or just above Malcolm. Won't yeah, they? yeah. You know? And we've, so we've got to make that first step. We were very lucky with Keegan. This guy had never managed anywhere, and he came in. And he mm. took us from the third division to to second top of the Premier League, and never went away. And he's it was wonderful. That won't happen again. I we've got to get no. And Keegan back. wasn't able to do it again when he returned to oh, to once, the Belgrade. No, once he left Newcastle, right. he didn't know how lucky. He was. We mm. knew how lucky we were, but he didn't know how lucky he was till he went out in a big bad world and went to Fulham and Man City and and tried to manage England. And it was a different world. His best time was at Newcastle. We both fitted each other like a glove. What we'll do now uh, is going to be very very interesting. And we can speculate till the cows come home, but until we know who it is. Um, mm. And if it's a foreign manager that has not managed in the Premier League and isn't yeah. a superstar, we all knew what Pep was like before he came to Manchester City. Mm -hmm. But the odds are, like Fonseca and all these guys, we can look up their record, but we don't know what they're like working day to day until sure. they actually come here. Mm -hmm. It's going to be intriguing. The only thing that can keep us going is that we believe that whoever's appointed will be an improvement on our last guy. Yeah, 100%. Mike Gent uh, says that the whole fans last night, and I did hear this on Sky, were chanting, we want Brucey back after last night. So uh, They must be in a bad way, Hull. They are in a bad way, Malcolm. At least, exactly. <laughs> They're in a hull of a way. At least Brucey's loved somewhere. Um, Colin Wilson says, Simon Jordan at Central Station tomorrow needs to be asked that question, Steve. Um, and uh, Darren says, anyone popping down there? Yes, I have been invited as a guest tomorrow uh, on the Talk Sports show live at Centurion. Uh, and uh, finally, I'll get a chance to see Simon Jordan face to face after uh, our well publicised uh, spats over the last couple of years. Uh, which have all been in good fun. Uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him and Jim White tomorrow. And I think Sir John Hall's down there. And I think John Beresford as well. So should be an interesting couple of hours live on Sky Sports to, uh, talking about Newcastle United. Yeah, it cool. certainly should be. Big thank you to SpiderVPN, uh, one of our main sponsors, Google SpiderVPN. They come up at the top of your search list for all your internet safety uh, requirements. They are the boys to trust, protect your passwords and everything on your computer. Google SpiderVPN and they will come and fit one ASAP. Thanks to skipsandbins.com, telephone 0800 
uh, 25.45.25.3. Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com, website www.skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. And also a thank you to LNG Family Funeral Directors, 01913897245. And to qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Wallsend in Newcastle. And to John at Jab Signature for producing all of our flyers. Uh, if you're a first-time visitor to the channel, please click onto the Newcastle Legends logo in the bottom right-hand corner, and that's it. You can subscribe for free. We are still doing seven shows a week. Hit the thumb up to uh, give the video a like, which helps us out. Click share to share to your other social media, and drop into the comments box to uh, speak to like-minded Newcastle fans or to post a question on screen. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast providers. And uh, somebody was asking about getting them uploaded a little quicker. It is a little bit difficult to do that, I think. Uh, but Media Arts does do his best, usually about 24 hours behind at a maximum. So uh, if you are listening to a podcast, please be aware that it's not straight after the show. Lots of events coming up very quickly, uh, which uh, we're all involved in in some way, shape or form. Uh, join John Gibson and Gavin Peacock uh, a week on Friday at the Townside Irish Centre. Uh, an evening with Gavin Peacock. Gavin will be launching his book next week and uh, doing a Q&A on the stage with John. And uh, tickets are £15, uh, and that is at the Irish Centre. Then John and Malcolm will be on stage at the Irish Centre again on November the 19th for our Christmas event. Uh, and all proceeds from that event are going to the food bank. Tickets for that are £12. And then an evening with Peter Beardsley. And John, uh, newcastlelegends.com is where you buy your tickets for all three events. Peter Beardsley is the 26th of November. And again, at the Irish Centre, newcastlelegends.com. Click shop and you can buy your tickets there. A couple of events with me and uh, Rob Lee. First and foremost, 28th of October, next Thursday. Done quite well with its tickets, apparently. So me and Rob Lee will be on next Thursday at the Whitley Bay venue, the Laurels Whitley. Uh, website is www.laurelswhitley.co.uk. You can buy your tickets on there starting at £15. And Malcolm and I will be at the uh, Bobix Bar in Jesmond on the 9th of December. Bobix.com is where you buy your tickets. And all ticket price uh, post, uh, proceeds are going to the food bank for that one. So that should be a good night. And uh, if you live in Gateshead, uh, the schooner bar, Malcolm and I have just been booked short notice by our good mate down there, Dean. We've been there before. Uh, mm -hmm. Just to pop in and do an hour, talk about the takeover, talk about the new owners, talk about the uh, the result, of course, on Saturday after we play Crystal Palace. So we will be down at the schooner, 6 till 7 on Saturday night for an impromptu get-together. It's always a good chat down there. Malcolm and I have been down, as I say before. Lovely bar, the schooner in Gateshead to get yourself down uh, to see us. And don't forget, we have got our website, uh, nufcmatters.com uh, and uh, lots of different bits and bobs on there uh, for Christmas and uh, if you do uh, like to see Malcolm and I do our pre-match and after-match talking don't forget we all on at the Dog and Parrot uh, again before the Chelsea game it's a good old-fashioned three o'clock kickoff we'll be in there around about one o'clock uh, before the Chelsea game if you want to come and see us and I have to plug this. My uh, publisher's told us I've got to. Every boy's dream. Uh, my book about my life support in Newcastle is out now on Amazon, doing rather well. And it will be in the back page shop in Newcastle and the Metro Centre from the weekend. So every boy's dream. 37 years of hurt. And I know I'm just a pup compared to these lads, but uh, it's still bad enough. 37 years without a trophy, believe you me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we've got about 25 minutes, uh, 20 minutes left of the show, 20, 25 minutes left. Uh, we'll start getting into your uh, questions now. Um, and I guess a lot of people, I can see it in the chat, a lot of people want to know what your views are on the manager. Um, John, we, we haven't really asked you, who would be your preferred choice? You've heard the names that we've mentioned. Um, you know, Malcolm's chucked another one into the bag there. Uh, but, you know, what about you? Who would you like to see? It's a very, very difficult question, isn't it? Because there's got to be two things happen for a start. The guy has got to want to come here. It would be very easy to go off into Fantasy Island and start talking about Pep or Klopp or whoever. Um, but you know you're not going to get them. And as I said earlier, I think we're going to get initially a manager for our current situation as opposed to a manager that's going to have us in the top six 
every year and looking upwards. Um, who's capable of doing that? Um, until they get here, you, you don't, if they're foreign, you don't obviously honestly know. And you don't know who really uh, the new owners are fancying. There's a lot of things leaked, but uh, it's not necessarily written in stone that they are the guys that's going to come. Um, I mean, it is fascinating because if you're going to take somebody that's out of work and in this country, you're looking at at Howe and, and Lampard and you're looking at trying to nick Gerard if you're wanting somebody like that because Gerard, in, and as as Malcolm said, um, Rangers would move heaven and earth, you would presume, mm. to keep him. Yeah. But it's always significant to see what the answer is. I'm always fascinated to listen to people when they're approached to say, do you fancy the job? For example, when Brendan Rodgers was approached at Leicester, he said immediately, no, I love Leicester. It's terrific here. We've built behind the scenes training ground. We've got players. We've got everything. Absolutely no way that I was. And it's no disrespect. Newcastle lets him just talking about Leicester is right for him. So you know straight away where you are with that guy. When Gerard was asked at Rangers what he thought in Newcastle, it was the Newcastle fans definitely deserve better than they've had. Absolutely true. I'm keeping an eye on it. It's fascinating. There was, while trying to be respectful to Rangers, there's absolutely no way he slammed the door in the Newcastle United situation. So you, you get a different thing. Now, I could see him, or Lampard, for that situation, do the early job that we are talking about uh, of establishing Newcastle in a certain position. And yes, after that, Gerard will go and manage. Liverpool at some stage, unless he makes a dog's ear or a dog's dinner of any job he's got before that, because that's his great love and we understand that. Um, but this might be a stepping stone for me. If we're looking at managers from abroad, I take what Malcolm said, you know, it, it, the guy that's, that's now the front runner for Nsega to get the job in Newcastle, if you look at his record, his success was in the Russian league, for example, yeah. where, where he won two championships, three championships, back-to-back. But is that any better than Gerard's done it, 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 it Rangers? It's a small league with not too many great sides. Was he a raging success at Roma, etc., etc.? You really yeah, want to know till the guy... Okay. I get your I get your point there, John. Right, and I know, and I get Malcolm's point as well. You both made that point eloquently. But I'll chuck in a a, a, a bomb, a, a grenade into this, if you like, and that is that Kevin Keegan, and I know his affinity with the club as a player in a short space of time. What he did got us promoted that wonderful eighty three eighty four season, my first season as a fan. But he, he didn't have any managerial experience at all. He, he was playing golf in Marbella for seven years, and then. He was rolled out, put into a position. Newcastle were teetering above the old third division for the first time in their history. Um, and he, he just basically did what, you know, nobody thought he could do, which was get Newcastle safe, get Newcastle promoted and get Newcastle challenging for the, the Premier League. I mean, it can happen, can't it, Mal? Yes, it can. Um, but... Uh, <sighs> One adage I, I always live by, never go backwards. And I think it didn't work for Kevin Keegan when he came here for the second time. And I can't see it working if he come, came here for the third time. I think it needs complete fresh blood. What I was suggesting was, though, that Fonseca has been written off because he's not really done well in Leeds. But he could be the right fit for Newcastle. That's what I was trying to say. A lot mm. of people are saying that Eddie Howe, isn't the right man for the job because the last job he had, Bournemouth were relegated. But ultimately, if you reverse that and look at what Eddie Howe did to get Bournemouth to the Premier League, mm. consolidate them in the Premier League, was it his fault that the board of directors, because Bournemouth's a considerably smaller club than Newcastle, insisted that he had to sell his best players to survive? Mm. Um, is Eddie Howe really? Are we are we being too quick to write him off? That's what I'm trying to say. You know, it's yeah. It's, it's I never, think we are. It's a good point, Steve. Yeah. That's why I was saying we've really got to wait until we know who's coming and look at it because 
if you remember, I was on the inside when Kevin King was appointed the first time. Yeah, you were. And I remember the thought, when his name was first brought up in private, everybody's eyes nearly went out the head. Kevin Keegan. And then we said, ah, but wait a minute. You know, the hero he was yeah, when he was here as a player. You know, his ability to be a Pied Piper and get everybody behind him and go. You just don't know what's going to happen until you actually try it. That was the biggest gamble of the lot and, and worked hugely, hugely well. And yes, you will get people that will say, well, Gerard's not right because he's not experienced enough. Work. Was there anybody less experienced than Kevin Keegan? How? You can argue whichever way you want. He, he deserves magnificent applause for what he did at Bournemouth. He took them from nearly the bottom of the fourth division away to the, the Premier League and keeping them in there season after season when they had crowds of 10,000. That's all they could get in the, st in the stadium and had to sell their best players. You can equally, if you want to turn it the other way around, you can say, yes, he took Bournemouth down. But I prefer to say he kept them up for four seasons and he took them down for one. There's people that, would accuse, that wouldn't want his appointment because they'd say the one chance he had to step out of the Bournemouth situation, which was almost like his club, was when he went to Burnley and that didn't work in Burnley from, and he left very, very quickly. Um, but, I mean, there's all sorts of possibilities. It's fascinating I just hope, without putting too much pressure on the new consortium, they don't wait too long to bring a manager in. Because the yeah. fixture list we've got, playing with a caretaker, and a caretaker, as far as the players are concerned, as well as the crowd, it's how long's a piece of string. Is he here just for the Palace match? Or is he here until Christmas? Or is he here for one week? And does it become two weeks? And does it become three weeks? The uncertainty doesn't help. The removal of Bruce does. And that's a plus as far as Crystal Palace is concerned. But we don't want that to drift on for too long. The sooner we get a manager in who brings his own coaches, and it may well include Jones in his new coaching setup, will not include Agnew and Clements. But the sooner we get on a level footing, long before January, try to get the back door closed in the defence, <clears throat> and then in January have a bloke in charge long term who's going to be involved heavily in deciding who the players in, and equally important what positions we need players in, so that we get off to a flyer at the month, at the start of January. Because we can't wait. Newcastle traditionally under Ashley. Waited to sign players until almost any window, including the long summer one, was about yeah. to close. We signed in the last few days. We can't spend yeah. all of January not signing anybody until the five days before the end of the window. We've got to get in on the front foot quick and get them all done, technically, before January the 1st. So there's just a button to be pressed. And so I do hope that we continue yeah. making those big decisions. And it is tough for new owners because you're doing everything against the tide, guys, aren't you? And you're trying to run up a hill. You know, you're trying to run up a hill that's covered in mud with sand shoes on. So you keep slipping What back. a great analogy. <laughs> brilliant stuff. Absolutely brilliant, as always. A uh, lot of comments coming in. Gerard's the man, I reckon, says Daz. Needs to be into the club ASAP. If a manager gets in through the door now, he's got until January to see where he needs to improve the squad. He <laughs> doesn't need to come in now and work it out. Yeah. A lot of people saying Hewton would be good... strengthening totally. A lot you know, of people... Yeah. A, a manager will have, will have seen enough of Newcastle just watching the television uh, right. to know that, uh, 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 that it, it's... It, it's become a bit of a rabble, and I hate to say that, but after the first quarter of an hour against Spurs, it just plummeted into something that was absolutely awful. 
Yeah, uh, Wayne, Wayne Rooney's another name. Paul Oxley says he's doing a good job at Derby. I've got to be honest, I wasn't a fan of Frank Lampard until I spoke to Malcolm on Saturday, and Malcolm does put up a good case for Frank Lampard. I wouldn't be too dismissed, uh, dis- depressed if he came in. I've got to be perfectly honest. Mm. Uh, Jerry says, uh, or Gary, sorry, says, Malcolm, what, what do you think Graham Jones will do? Do you think he'll stay? And I, I think he will. Uh, yes, I think he's he's come here in the first place to stay, but as a coach. Um, and and the problem always is in that situation that a new manager comes in, he wants to bring his own coaches in uh, and you're taking on a bit of unknown as a manager coming into a new club if you keep one of the coaches. You don't know quite how he operates. You don't know what his tactics are in the main um, and, and so on and so forth. So usually these days uh, that a, a, a manager travels with a ready-made team. Um, so uh, uh, I think Jones, uh, it'll be interesting to see what change he can make for the better in the Newcastle side for Crystal Palace. Uh, and I'm sure that having been given that position that the players are all training and that the coaches are all turning up uh, in preparation for it. Yeah, um, a lot of people are saying it's just great to see the team actually training. Uh, somebody said they were up at the uh, training ground today and said, is the training any better? Apparently, a lot of the players just laughed. So, uh, um, it'll be interesting to see what Tim Maximan says today as well. He's gone out on Sky. I think it's uh, maybe out uh, in the next hour or so. He's coming out. He's done a big interview. Because, obviously, he came out, John, and defended Steve Bruce, didn't he? And, I mean, you know, you don't expect the players to, to, to have a pop at a manager. I've never seen that really happen at all. Um, you know, very rarely anyway, but he's he's come out in support of him, hasn't he? And and said that he'll always, you know, always be thankful for what he did for him. I guess, you know, some some players uh, will have got on with Bruce. Yeah, uh, yes. Um, well, I think I think the sort of things Sir Maximum uh, said, and I could understand, is the thing that has had Bruce have so many fans or, or defenders of him in ex-players and in the media because it comes across on a one-on-one situation away from the cameras etc etc is a nice warm guy and that gets a lot of people um lining up behind him because he is a decent guy and i think that san maximum who has had trouble with managers before in the past when he was a lot more hot-headed and because of the way he plays the game. Remember Patrick Vieira when he was in uh, France, etc. Managers who he didn't get on too well with. Bruce is one of these warm guys and once a guy goes and leaves a club, you begin, you forget temporarily what was wrong professionally and what flows into your mind was... But he was a good guy, wasn't he? He was a nice guy. And you say to him, nice guy. He didn't say, I'm sorry to lose the greatest tactician I've ever worked with. Oh, I will lose. I never knew how to score goals or run at defenders until I come to Newcastle United. He didn't say anything professionally. He said, what a warm and gentle man Steve Bruce is. And let him have that compliment because I knew Steve well in the past, not so much since I made my stand that I've made professionally, but he was that sort of person. So I could thoroughly understand that. And to be truthful, if you're an ex, if you're a player and you lose your manager, either say something nice about him as long as you actually mean it, or don't say anything at all. Mm-hmm. There's no need to heap coal on the fire. Uh, the guy's gone and that's it. There'll equally be plenty of Newcastle United players, believe you me, who are delighted that he's gone, but they're not going to leap into print and say they're delighted um, because there's no need to. The, everything's happened and that's it. But no, I, I'm, I'm not surprised by what St Maximum has said um, because what he said was all about Steve Bruce on a personal level, wasn't it? It wasn't it was. about Steve Bruce on a professional level at all. 
Newcastle, of course, play uh, Crystal Palace away this weekend. Uh, a three o'clock kickoff oh. down at Selhurst Park. Uh, all of the away tickets, as as always, have been sold out. Two thousand eight hundred travelling Newcastle fans will be down there. Uh, notable uh, absentee will be John Joe Shelby after his ludicrous, stupid. Uh, you know, sending off at the weekend. Um, that guy just, you know, I, I've never been a fan, as you know, lads, but that was just absolutely crazy. Uh, obviously, we'll find out a little bit more about Graham Jones's uh, players that are available and who he decides to pick. We'll look forward to uh, hearing from him uh, in due course. Uh, Patrick Vieira um, has surprised me. Um, one of my early season tips for relegation, well, I've got egg on my face at the minute because uh, they've certainly done very well. And as John rightly pointed out earlier on, the fixture, the fixture list wasn't very kind to them at the start of the season, and they've they've done quite well. So, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to the game. Um, Bruce has gone. Maybe we'll get a bit of a bounce with uh, Graham Jones in charge. Malcolm, come to you first. How do you see this going? What are you hoping for? Well, I'm hoping to see some forward play from Newcastle, despite the fact that uh, it's away from home. Um, that uh, I think that... Uh, I'd like to see one less defender. Don't play five at the back. Play four. Um, get it organised. Get players in the right position. Um, uh, uh, and uh, so that uh, play a four-four-two um, formation um, and put the two forwards together. Dwight Gale with um, with Wilson up front. Why not? look to give Crystal Palace a real problem at the other end of the pitch to the Newcastle goal. Um, I, 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 I really couldn't believe what I was watching when Wilson came off against Spurs. I'm, I'm, I'm saying again what I said earlier, but uh, you're 3-1 down and you're not playing a forward? Oh, come on. That was, it, 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 that was sheer madness particularly when you've got Dwight Gale on the bench. Put them both in. The last time that Dwight Gale started a game was against West Brom last season, and he scored. Scored a terrific header. Murphy knocked the cross in, bent it into the near post, and up went Dwight Gale above everybody and smacked it in with his forehead. And then he's never played since, or at least not started a game. You've got to give him a chance and lighten the load for Wilson. He's been out for a number of weeks. He needs somebody to, uh, to, to help him out up there. Well, leave one of the centre halves out and play two forwards. For me, that would be a start at least. Prediction, Mark? <sighs> My prediction is that uh, I think... <sighs> I'm really seriously hoping that that the Newcastle players really get together and pull all in the same direction, which I don't think they've been doing under Steve Bruce, uh, um, and that uh, and that they get some attacking done, take the pressure off the defence. I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to go for a draw. I think Palace are playing really well at the moment, but I'll take a draw and I think there's going to be goals. I'm going to go two each. Okay. John, last word to you this week. Yeah. Well, my my heart says Newcastle to win because, because Ashley's gone and Bruce has gone and the feel-good factor in the town must rub off on the players. My head, it tells me, that I'm crackers because that defence has let in 19 goals in eight games, has never kept a clean sheet in the Premier League. And what makes me think, if I remember the first 45 minutes against Spurs, when we had wonderful new owners, a wonderful atmosphere, war flags, were a goal up in two minutes, excuse me, by half-time we're 3-1 down. Uh, so how much better is that defence going to be? So my heart says we win. My uh, head says we lose. And I say we draw. 
<laughs> all Nothing like is, covering all your options, John. All beers is, is covered from Gibble. I love it. <laughs> Fantastic. Don't forget, you can catch me uh, live on TalkSport tomorrow with Simon Jordan and uh, Jim White live. Looking forward to that. And you can see me and Malcolm in the schooner uh, after the match, uh, six till seven on Saturday night. And uh, get your tickets to see Gibble and Gavin Peacock a week on Friday. Lads, have a great week. Look forward to seeing you next week. Take care. Take care, boys. Good night, everyone. All the best.